Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Cleveland Sports Fan. Welcome to the Cleveland Sports Fan, home of the wildly entertaining podcast released every Tuesday and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. Go to clevelandsportsfan.com for links to our podcast as well as links to our YouTube and Patreon channels. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Cleveland Sports Fan. You got me here, the Cleveland Sports Fan. You got Mr. Oshimaida. And today you got the fellow man, Jake. The biggest Cam Newton fan in America. How is everyone doing today? I'm doing uh, okay. I'm kind of in an internet situation because we lost some cable. So I'm kind of extricated to somewhere I don't really want to be. But I don't. Where'd you find this Jake dude? Who the hell's Jake? And how is Jake doing today? I'm Jake. Did you say I'm gay? I could have swore you said he was gay. I thought he said he was gay. I said, hello, everyone. I'm Jake. Sounded like gay. Sounded very gay. I mean, if you just want to be on here to come out, that's all. Hey, we're here. We're, we're here for the, we're here for everybody. You guys are making it really hard for me to make my segment on Camden. Did Jake golf today? I indeed did golf today against no other than Burley Gunner. And, uh, well, I guess I don't need to tell you how that went. You guys can pretty much figure that out on your own. Yeah, you won. I indeed got my fourth win in a row on Burley, and that's all I have to say. I don't want to tell you the spread, the stroke. The, I don't want to tell you how many strokes I beat him by because, honestly, I love my brother, and I don't want you guys to make fun of him. Are you starting to feel bad for your brother? I mean, I, I'm just I'm not feeling bad for him. I'm wondering if you're feeling bad for him. I mean, it, Expand. It, it takes a lot out of a man to have his little brother kick his ass in every type of sport there is. Four times. Did I mention those four? Four times. It's got to be a bad feeling. I mean, I'd say, Jake, honestly, you are making every other Bavir look bad. You beat your dad. The only reason he wins is because I don't go. He, you beat your dad every time he goes. Yeah, beat my dad your brother tired. every time. I he... think Jake has beat me twice. Well, you've only golfed like four times together. Oh no, we golfed like what, 15, 16 times last summer. No, they didn't <sighs> beat me. They beat me one time, and it's because the driver. I didn't have a driver to use. It got broke, and I had I to tee off with irons. I, I didn't have a driver. You know what it is, Scott? You know what it is? He's going to claim those victories from last year when I was a little kid, and he's scared to play <laughs> me this year because he knows I got better. He knows I got better, and he doesn't want to accept it. I'm not afraid to play you. I'm not going out and playing in a torrential downpour. Hell no. You don't have what it takes, old man. I offered, your, I offered to play your dad, but he refuses to come down here. So Yeah, okay. 
that invitation let, is open to you, Ryan. Yeah, or I mean, Jake. Let, let, can we can we move Who's on? Who's Jake? Huh? Who's, I don't know who this Jake I mean, is. Jake, you can come down here and go golfing with a real pro. Yeah, really. Who was laughing in the background there? That 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 wasn't laughter. She was farting. Oh wow! Well, man. She needs to go on uh, America's Got Talent then, because that sure as hell sounded like a laugh to me. Uh, nope, nope, nope. That's not, nope, 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 nope. All right. Well, now that we've gotten all that out of the way, I guess we're going to go into the first segment here, which is going to be led by me. And we're going to talk about something. No we're going to talk about something that we should have been talking about all last week. But we didn't say anything last week because I was out of town doing a show. So here we are. Are we ready? Are, are y'all sitting? Are you excited? It's Scott's block. I'm ready. But guess what I am here to talk about? I am not going to talk about how Bob Bevere has explained to me in 45 minutes last night how much I hate Cleveland. I'm not going to talk about that. Even though that was on my mind. I'm going to talk about the second Grand Slam tournament in tennis going on right now. The Roland Garros, the French Open. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Wee oui, wee. Oui. You know, I took French in, in, in high school. That might, yeah. That's, that's about going to help you. That, 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 that's about all I. Uh, that's about all I'm going to know in this topic. <laughs> well, we're actually going to talk about the whole uh, Naomi Osaka incident, which I'm sure none of you know anything about, right? Oh, I know all about it, and I got all kinds of opinions about it. Naomi Osaka started the tournament refused to do a press conference after winning, uh, proceeded to get a fine by Roland Garros. And that caused her to just say, screw it. I'm not going to play. And she left the tournament. We're what, three days into the tournament? It started on the 30th. It, it would it would behoove you to mention she is the number two player in the world. Number two female player in the world. Now, we went into, or she, she discussed online the fact that she has been majorly depressed lately. Uh, well, I, you know, my line of work I'm in the same boat that she's in. I travel a lot when I'm touring. I may only be home for 50 days a year. We, we, we in the touring industry call it the touring blues <clears throat> because you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. You're in front of 30,000 people. Everyone and their mothers trying to get a free ticket to get into a show. You're away from your family. Now we're talking about a tennis player born in 1997. Same year Ryan was born. I don't know. Do you think she did the right thing in leaving the tournament? Okay. <laughs> Is it my turn? Jake, would you like to say something? Go first. Okay, here's here's my response to Naomi Osaka. <laughs> really? Really? You can't take some reporter's questions because of your mental health? Seriously? I'm not saying that, that athletes, professional athletes that make millions and billions of dollars don't have some mental health issues, but come on. 
I mean, if Baker Mayfield every single Sunday went, nah, I don't want to talk today because, you know, I just had a bad day, he would get crushed. And she leaves the tournament because she got fined $15,000, which she knew she was going to get fined because it's part of the deal. When you're a professional athlete, it is part of the deal. You answer reporters' questions. You don't have to always, yeah, they, they, they can be mean. They can say things you don't want to hear. But guess what? If you had a lousy match, they're going to ask you, hey, what happened? Just say I had a lousy match. Don't give me this, I don't want to talk to nobody because my mental health is in question. Please. My question is, <clears throat> I have one question to two follow-up answers, Scott. My first question is of how, of how I don't want to say petty, but of how oddly put this sounds, how much money does she make to play tennis? $77 million last year. $77 million. Okay. My two responses. One, if you're making $77 million, suck it up and do what you have to do. You're making $77 million. There's, if I was making $77 million and I was getting treated unfair, I would push it beside me and say, I'm making $77 million. Like, what else could I be asking for? Not to mention, I'm living the dream and doing what you want to do. Now, my second follow-up to that is, it's, I'm not putting all the blame on her. Not that I have any clue what we're talking about. But I will say for this instant and more on other sports instance, all these players want to get interviewed after games. You know, LeBron. You know, Aaron Rodgers, all these people, even tennis, want to get interviewed after games. How about this? How about we interview the officials after the game as well? Why not? Well, well that's a the, different topic. Right. The officials, the, the press is always available. The officials in every sport have to be available. I believe it's, what, 20 minutes for 20 minutes after a game if reporters want to ask them questions, but it normally doesn't happen. But he, he okay, let me, I'm going to interject. Well, that's this. not true in Major League Baseball. Okay, maybe it's not in baseball. The, the umpires. I know in, basketball, I know in football it is for sure. The umpires union for, for baseball has that blocked. They, you don't, an umpire will never have to answer a question. To I'm going to interject one more thing, and this is not going to be popular. And then I already, I, I, I know what the recourse will be, but I'm just going to be honest in saying it. That's okay. You, you just hate Cleveland. It, it, she just, she basically bowed out of this tournament because she was criticized for not talking to the media. And, and I brought up Baker Mayfield, but I could have brought up, I could have brought up another female tennis player. Okay, I, the fact that she is an Asian-American gives, you know, Nike supported her. Had this been just a normal white tennis player, I think she'd be getting crushed. I'm sorry. I don't think race has anything to do with it. I think it does as far as the support for her because the support for her is there. The sponsors are supporting her and not saying, Hey, you know what? Like we said, suck it up, go do it again. If, if it was Baker Mayfield, he'd be getting killed. If it were Aaron Rodgers, he'd be getting killed because I don't want to talk to the media because I had a bad game. Once he'd again, I personally believe that it shouldn't be mandatory that you have to do a press conference after a game. But it is. I don't see that as an important part of, of being an athlete. Yeah. That's just Scott, me. 
I agree with you. But again, you guys know my personality. If I was a professional athlete, I wouldn't want to go talk to a bunch of people after a game just because I'm a quiet person and I'm, I'm reserved. And I, you know, but the fact is, is Bob, I've never heard you quiet. Okay. But I, I, I wouldn't want to go in front of a bunch of people and answer questions that I'm not, you know, really wanting to answer. Cause I just want to go. The point is, is that that is a requirement in the WTA. So she gets fun and then she just leaves. I mean, it, it, it's a bad look for her and it's a bad look for women's tennis right now, I think, which is so, competitively better than the men's game right now. So she she left the tournament because yes. she got fined or because she was getting criticized? I, I think it's the latter. She knew it just fine. all built up. I think it's, I think it was uh, her excuse was that she was in a bout of depression and that's why she left the tournament. It's not for me to make any judgment on that. I don't care. You no, know, I'm not saying if you make $77 million, you can't go through depression. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, I mean, come on, this is, you're answering questions. I think she just needs a good month of floating in the ocean like I do. Well, you're in the sand right now. Actually, I got no legs. I love it. That's, but you that's, see, that's, that's I, the problem. That's, it's you, Lieutenant Dan. You brought up that's the, the problem. That's, go on. Uh, that's the problem. I, I don't agree with you, Scott. I don't agree with you take a month off doesn't tennis have an off season no or am no, i wrong no off season? None. no they do they do they Your do turn. from about november to february it's pretty quiet what are you talking about the finals are in november Your turn. Okay, Jan but and january is the australian open okay i agree with scott though she needs to take a month off because yep. she needs the world the, she needs the the sports world to forget about this because no matter what her intentions were, she ended up looking bad in in most people's eyes. Like I'm just going to take my ball and go home because I'm not getting my way. She needs to take a month off. She's not going to miss any major tournament in the next month. The U.S. Open what doesn't start until July. Not Wimbledon's next. Okay, Wimbledon's next. She'll be back. Wimbledon's Wimbledon. in July. She'll be back for Wimbledon, but I agree. She needs to take some time off because just take take a month off. I mean, what are you gonna do? Slide down the rankings? You're still gonna right. be. It, she's still going to be a seated player. Just, right, but I think people share the same thing that I feel. Just by saying, I think what she did was totally selfish. I, I think I think a lot of people are are criticizing her for what's happened without realizing the fact that that just like you two didn't realize they have no off time. They play all year long. But you have the option to not play in tournaments. You see it in golf all time. That's so you, so takes you three weeks off. You have that opportunity. You know, do do many I mean, she has she hasn't taken a day off since 2018 the last thing i'm going to say about it is i don't want anyone to think that i am criticizing the fact that she feels she has a mental health issue i'm not saying that what i'm saying is you got a responsibility to your sport as an ambassador and as the second ranked player in the world you have a responsibility to people who are paying the money all over the world that go to France to watch this. And you got the responsibility to answer a few damn questions after every match. Because guess what? If you're that good, the questions shouldn't be so hard. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I don't like getting up in front of people. I, again, I don't either. I just wanted to say I'm not questioning 
the fact that she has a mental health issue. What I'm questioning is she is forgetting her responsibilities in the meantime. I mean, she could always pull a, uh, a Kyle Bush and stand up there and say, I'm only here to not get fined. Would, would either of you answer five questions in front of 75 people for $77 million? Yes. Mm. I'd answer 20. Mm. I it's would not go five, the, it's I not would five go questions, the, though, for $77 million. I would that, go that's the, what she made answer, over a year. I'd answer 77 million questions for $77 million. I would go to the press conference in and a you're not a millionaire. See, you're not a millionaire. See, this is this is it's it's the same thing with 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 when when baseball wasn't gonna play. I, I kept posting the same thing over and over again. I'm tired of millionaires bitching at billionaires while us people that make $50,000 a year are getting screwed out of sports. But it's the same thing. We all think different. On that note, we'll be back. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Cleveland Sports Fan. Next up for you is the Big Bad Jake. Who's Jake? Who's Jake? Who's Jake? Where's That's all Jake? I've been hearing. That's all I've been hearing. Who's Jake? Well, guess what? It's me. I'm Jake. I'm going to start out my segment by saying, Scott, thank you very, very much for this opportunity and having me on the show. Amazing. Can't and wait I, to go golfing with you. I can't wait to go golfing with you. What about send me? me? The time, send me the place. I'm ready. I'll even buy you a plane ticket. I'll me on plane. That being said, we're going to talk about, in my opinion, the best sport in the world, and that is Major League Baseball. Ooh. What? What other sport to talk about than Major League Baseball? Me, I love me some baseball. I'm going to start out. I'm going to start out by saying this year has been absolutely amazing. Last year was COVID. It, it, it was a shortened season. It kind of sucked. No fans. It was not what we, definitely not what we expected, and definitely, quite frankly, not what we wanted. But we're back with the new season, and it's been an absolute blast. I have been thrilled. The standings, Mm -hmm. let's start out by looking at the standings. I'll go through every division in the American and National League. We'll start out in the American League East. The leader, the Tampa Bay Rays, they just, they... What? They, they, I mean, they're a solid team. They've been for the past couple years. But let's not forget, in that division, it's the Red Sox and the Yankees. Neither of them are in first place. That alone makes this year amazing. How far away is the Yankees? The Yankees are four and a half games back, and the Red Sox are two games back. Mm. I'll tell you what, from watching a lot of baseball this year, the Yankees, they looked good. They looked good. Oh, I think they still look good. I don't know, man. I don't know, Scott. They're, They're choppy. They're they're choppy. They're a little choppy. They're, uh, they, uh, they, they scare me this year. But that's just one division. You're right. So let's go to the American League Central. My favorite division. Unfortunately, the Chicago White Sox are leading, and the Indians are two and a half games out of first place. But don't get it twisted. I am 
100% happy with where we are. I thought going into this year, we were not going to be good. I will say that firsthandedly. I thought we were going to suck, and we don't. We don't suck. We have great pitching. Our hitting compared to last year is compared to last year is amazing. Amazing. Last year we couldn't we could not get anyone cross home plate in scoring position. No one. And this year we're doing it like crazy. A shocker in the American League Central, the Twins. What are the Twins doing? They stink. I thought they were good. Uh, they had to get rid of everyone last they, year, remember? They lost half their pitching and half their offense. Because they I still see a lot of the all. same guys from last year. See, That's all I'm going to say on it. The this Twins. Is why, this is why the Indians are always kind of there at the end of the day, because they don't go for it. The Twins went for it. And it didn't work out, and then they couldn't pay nobody. Moving on to the American League West. The Oakland Athletics in first place. But Houston, the Houston Trash Rose, are one game out of first. (laughs) I cannot believe I even mentioned that name. (laughs) That division's kind of looking... I mean, I'd say about normal. The Angels are six and a half games back. Any thoughts on the West? I don't – I think that's not really a shocker this year. No, we'll give it the National League. No, wait, wait. Where's Oakland? I told you first. That, that's where it is. That doesn't surprise me. The cheapest team in baseball with the worst stadium always happens to be in first place in that division. That will no longer be in a couple years. So you you stay tuned on that. Moving to the National League East. The Mets. The <laughs> New York Mets are in first place Meet with a four-game lead. Greet the Mets. Come on out and meet the Mets. In my personal opinion, I think this is one of the best divisions in baseball. You got the Mets, you got the Braves, you got the Phillies, and you got the Nationals. With the other the other team is the Marlins, who don't call me crazy, are good this year. They're okay. good this year. I I need someone's thoughts in the National League East. This this it, it's it's the Mets in first. It's the Braves in second, four games out, but it's the Phillies and Braves third, are going to fall apart, half. though. The Mets, the, the Mets pitching won't stay healthy enough to to keep that course. And the Braves I, are going to fall apart. I don't buy the Braves. I think this is the Phillies division to lose at the end of the day. Scott, anything? Yeah. Jacob DeGrom has to go pretty much undefeated every time he pitches. <laughs> and he hasn't. Okay. That's what I'm he saying. Hasn't. But he hasn't. But, okay, they're not going to sustain it. They cannot sustain it. I think they're. I think the Mets – I hate the Mets. I hate the Mets, and I think I they're th- fraud. I think the Mets are going to fall apart. I think, I think Atlanta is going to fall apart. I mean, I think the. I mean, you still have to deal with the the NL Central. I think the Braves take that division, in my opinion. But that being said, why don't we Maybe shift to the National that. League Central? And That's Cardinals all day. No, no real surprise. I mean, let me know. But the Cubs first place. You know the the Cardinals in second, behind a game and a half. And you got the Brewers back three games in third, and that division's pretty much chalked after that. Yeah. That, that division's all about the Cardinals. Honestly, this I don't know what to think on this division. The Cubs sucked. 
at the start of the year. The first two weeks, the Cubs sucked. How are they in first? Uh, they, they've gotten a lot of timely heading lately, but their pitching is eh. It, that's all about the Cardinals division right there. I mean, it, it, we're before the All-Star break, so it's premature. So, I mean, what I've got out of this from you is the World Series is the Cardinals and the Indians. That's what I've gotten out of it. I haven't mentioned one of the other best divisions in baseball. No, the West. The National West, oh. including the Giants, the Padres, the Dodgers. No pitching. And the Rockies. No pitching. If I asked you guys who was in first, who would you say? Probably I would, the Padres. I, I would say the Padres. Who would you say, Dad? I would say the Padres. <laughs> Dodgers, no, it's Arizona, the Rockies, the Giants. That's what makes this division amazing because you just guessed four out of the five teams and got them wrong. This te- this division is loaded. The Giants are good. The Padres are good. The Dodgers are good. And they're all within one game. The only exception is the Rockies – they're a hit and miss. They got a couple studs, but I they they've never been able to figure it out. I don't even want to mention the Diamondbacks, but any 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 thoughts on the standings? Anything pop out? Anything surprising? I think it's been an amazing season. I think it's been a little different, and I think the season has been absolutely just amazing to watch. Must see baseball. Must see baseball. I- I guess the only thing that stands really out to me from what I've seen so far is how big, how bad the Twins are. And I knew that they weren't going to be any good, but I didn't think they were going to be this bad. Got anything? Uh, I, I didn't think that the Twins were going to do anything this year. Uh, I I still, I'm I'm on the fence with with uh with your giants prediction but cuz i think the padres are going to take that no wait, no the what he the, the giants are currently in first place no yeah that was i was asking you who was in first yeah i i, I don't think that they can sustain i don't um, either i'm not saying that either i think the giant or i think the dodgers mm. will take that division no problem uh, tatis has to quit getting hurt but if he stays healthy the rest of the year, there there's nobody gonna that's gonna beat the Padres. Speaking about standing out, I have something I absolutely need to share with you guys. Oh, oh, big did, share. Did I know on May twenty seventh? Both of you saw what happened in the Cubs versus Pirates. Yeah, the first baseman for the Pirates, Cree, was the biggest idiot on the planet for 35 seconds. You got it all wrong, dude. You got it all wrong. All wrong. (laughs) You got it all wrong. You have it all wrong. I'm not doubting you. I'm not saying that the first, I'm not saying that the first baseman is an idiot because he is an idiot. He's 100% an idiot, but I will say Javier Baez and what that man did out genius, his idiot. I promise. Okay. Look. Here's why. Go ahead. Before okay, I yeah. on. the guy was not only an idiot once, he was an idiot twice because not only did he have to just tag him, even when the guy scored, all he had to do was throw the ball to first base and the run does not come. And he couldn't even do that. 
I am not – I give the guy a heads-up play. I don't think it's any better than when Kenny Lofton scored from second base on a wild pitch off of Randy Johnson. I don't think it's any better than Derek Jeter's backhand against Oakland in 1996. I don't think it's any better than the hook and ladder that the, Maya, the, the Miami Dolphins ran against the San Diego Chargers in 1985. It was a, a heads-up play, but come on. That was all about the first baseman being a dumb ass. You're really taking away from the talent and the art of the game, aren't you? How, how am I doing that by not christening one play where all one guy had to do was two different things on two different occasions easily, and he couldn't do either one of them? Javier Baez hits a ball to the third baseman. Yes, I know. There are two outs. Mm-hmm. The third baseman for the Pirates throws the ball. Not there. Don't forget, there is a runner on second base. I didn't mention that. There's a runner on second base, two outs, in the top of the third. Baez hits a grounder to third. Routine. He throws it to first base. Mm-hmm. The first baseman got pulled off the bag. That makes it even worse. He screwed up three times. That's not his fault. No, but all he, he got just... pulled off the bat. But he could have stepped up Baez, the base. Javier Baez noticed, hey, maybe if I run backwards for some stupid reason, maybe he'll follow me. Why? Because the runner from second was going full sprint to home he was sacrificing that to get the runner in from second he was about to get tagged and ran himself back to home so the runner from second could successfully score the first baseman not only didn't step on the bag but he tossed the ball to the catcher which got the runner in because the slide was underneath the tag. As Baez saw the ball go to home plate, he went to first. He stayed in the baseline. And now, guess what? He's got a runner in from second, and he's doing the same thing he was doing about 20 seconds ago, running to first. And he successfully did that to cause another error on the Pirates' defense. Ball goes in right field. Baez goes the second. It's the best play I have ever seen and the absolute most heads-up play I have ever seen. That kid needs anything that organization offers him. I agree with Jake. I don't. I I, I think the first baseman was a total idiot. But you cannot not give credit to Baez for being the most heads-up player on the field. Why am I going to give all the credit in the world to a guy to make a heads-up play when he's supposed to make a heads-up play? He's supposed to make a play. Any other athlete, any other athlete, what a jog to first base and just gotten tagged. How can you say that? How can you say that? Because I've seen it. I've never seen what happened on May 27th. Never. Never. And neither have you. Neither have you. Oh, you are so wrong. I've you have never happen. seen what Baez did. I promise things, you. I've seen things happen in baseball in the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? That, that would make that look just pedestrian. You have never seen what Baez exactly did ever in your life. It was the most heads-up play I have ever seen and apparently to Sports Center, ESPN, it was oh. as well the most heads up play they have ever seen. Welcome back to the Cleveland Sports Fan. We're going to kick Jake out and bring in Burley Gunner. What's up, Burley? I want to talk about something that you will never, ever see again in your life. Uh oh. 
It was a sad day yesterday as head coach of 42 seasons, Coach Mike Krzyzewski of Duke is stepping down um, after the conclusion of the 2021-2022 season. And I want to bring a little bias into, into this. As a Duke supporter, as a lifelong Duke fan, a diehard Duke fan, I am here to say that you will never see a resume quite like this ever again in college basketball. And what I mean by that is the five national champions, the eight final fours, excuse me, the eight national championship appearances, the 12 final fours, the 15 ACC tournament champions, the 12 ACC regular season champions, six-time gold medal winner, award winner with the USA team. You will never see that again. He is the greatest college, if not greatest basketball coach of all time. You will never see anything like it again. And hats off to John Shire. He is going to have his work cut out for him. Obviously, there is going to be, um, I don't want to necessarily say a short leash, a short leash with Shire, but I think that, I mean, I mean, Duke fans are gonna they're gonna expect the winner. And, and and if if they get a few seasons that's not like that, there's gonna be some there's gonna be some, you know, repercussions more than likely. But that being said, I think Coach K paved the way perfectly for Shire. I like the way that he announced it a year before and said, Hey, I'm gonna do one more season. It was unlike um unlike what Roy Williams did, kind of just in the middle of the season. I'm gonna step down. This is gonna be my last season. Um, but yeah, as a, as a fan of Duke my entire life, and I have, I have to give all the credit in the world to my father, um, for, for raising me to be a Duke fan. I wouldn't change anything. I love Duke. Everything about me is Duke. Um, I sometimes think that Duke might even be my number one team in my heart because as much as I love the Browns, the Cavs, and the Indians, I'm around the Browns and the Cavs and the Indians. I'm not around Duke. That is a special, unique place in my heart for sports. And it is just a sad thing to see him walk away after such a long time. But I talked to, I talked to you, Dad, off, off, uh, offline about this yesterday and we both agreed you know we both thought we both saw this coming we didn't expect it to be this soon but we definitely both saw this coming and I just want to say you know I can't say it enough that he is the greatest basketball coach of all time he will never get topped and I thank him and I know there's no chance and Ellie's going to hear this but I thank him from the bottom of my heart he's truly a role model Truly, something that I look, someone that I look up to, and someone that I love, and I've never met the man. I truthfully love him. He 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 really brings so much to me. Um, over the years, I'm still a Duke fan. I will always love Duke. Duke is always in my blood. But it's going to be really different whenever he's gone. Really different. I know me too and I'm not afraid to I'm not afraid to admit it I'm not ashamed whatsoever but I cried yesterday as soon as I found out I cried and then I cried again I mean it's not a and people may listen and say, well, what are you crying for? He did, you know, he, he's just retiring. He's fine. It's, it is, it's all I know. It is all I know. Since the moment I, I watched basketball, there's been one coach at Duke. There's been one coach at Duke. I've seen coaches go in and out of, of North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas. I've seen it at Ohio State. I've seen it all over the country. I have not seen a new coach at Duke. I did not want to accept this day. I'm going to have to. We're going to move on. I will say um, this upcoming season looks very, very nice. And Coach K is already alluding to winning a sixth championship. Um, there, there, he had a press conference that was held today. Um, 
and, and somebody, I forget exactly who it is, um, the chairman of Duke said that they want nothing more than, than another deep title run. And Coach K said, well, you're right, but, but you're also not right because we don't want a deep title run. We want to finish. And I think that's what they're going to do. And Coach K is going to ride off from the sunset with six national champions, championships, six rings. He's going to have to start, his, start a, new, a new hand. She's going to have to start a new hand. He's already got – he already needs three hands for all, the, for all the USA and national championships that he has at Duke. Sucks. I mean, there's no shame in it at all. It sucks. It just sucks. That's all it is. And, and you know what? And, and, there's no, and there's no disrespect to John Shire. I loved John Shire. When he played at Duke, he won a national championship in 2010, and I watched it. It was the first time that I, my eyeballs have watched Duke win a national championship. I know I was alive when they did it in 2001, but with my own eyeballs, physically watching that game, John Shire led the team with Nolan Smith and Kyle Singler and Brian Zubek to a national championship. I love John Shire, and I think he's the perfect fit for the coach. That being said, I guess – it's just a sad day. It's something that you'll have to get used to. What I would say is there's only two coaches in history that are more synonymous for who they coach than the players they coached. And that's Bill Belichick and Mike Krzyzewski. People acknowledge Duke as Mike Krzyzewski. It's not a bad thing. It's just, you know. I, I mean, man, I was there for the shot. I was, I was the first time I set my feet on Duke's campus was 1986. I was 14 years old. My brothers went there, and I watched all those guys, Dawkins and Allery, and, and Jay Billis and, and and Billy King, and all those guys grow up, and then it was Hurley and Leitner. And Grant Hill, but it was it went on, 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 on for every year. I mean, this this was this is the biggest dynasty sports has ever seen. Period. I'm sorry that I'm like this. I mean, I think you have every right to be like that. Like I said, I mean, there's. I'm one not. Coach. I'm not ashamed. Just one coach. I'm not one coach ever. One coach. And John Shay will do great. You know why? Because he's got Coach Kane's back pocket. Yep, and they're doing it the right way. They're absolutely doing it the right way. They you look at look around. They announced. Look around college they, sports. Look at all the coaches in college sports that came from that program. Look at every one of them: Bobby Hurley, Tommy Amaker. Chris Collins, Quinn Snyder, Jeff Cable. Uh, Jeff Cable. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And they all wanted to stick around to see, oh, can I take over for him? And he kept telling them, no, go take your job. And they're going to keep Nolan Smith, and they're going to keep Nate James, and they're going to keep all those all those coaches. And it, it just, man, I don't know. It's it's like getting punched in the gut. Yeah. Sorry um, that way, but I've been passionate about Duke basketball for so many years. That's all I want. All Scott, you know this. All twenty-five. I knew you. I was always wearing something Duke. Twenty-five years of watching you wear a Duke jersey. Jerseys, t-shirts, sweat sweatshirts. Pants. Didn't matter what it was. It was always Duke. And I like how they do it. They're doing it the right way. They already announced John Shire, the next coach. So what does that mean? That means this upcoming season, the players that know that they're going to be there the next season, they're looking at John Shire as the coach. They're well, looking at Mike Krzyzewski as well, – as, as as the coach that is still there, yeah, but but obviously he's not but the coach anymore. And I like the way that they did that. He can't go, he can't recruit knowing to himself 
that I'm not going to be back. And so he's keeping his words to the guys he did recruit. And John Shire's been their main recruiter anyway. But well, that's all I mean, say about it. That's, yeah, I, that's all I have to say about it. Um, I'm sorry that it was more of a rant than a discussion. I just wanted to get that out there. One of the greatest, um, one, one of the greatest people in my life that's not in my life, I guess I is the, the correct way to put that. Um, just he's affected so many people. Um, overall record, 1,170 wins. Only 361 losses. Hasn't even covered a full year of losses yet. Um, in the NCAA tournament, he's 97 and 30. So, again, five-time national champion. I'm Burley Gunner. Thanks for listening. Again, this is the Cleveland Sports Fan. We'll be back right after this. On behalf of Mr. Oshimaida, Burley Gunner, as well as myself, we'd like to say thank you for listening to the Cleveland Sports Fan. Please go to clevelandsportsfan.com to link up to our podcast or our YouTube channel. To join our Patreon page, go to www.patreon.com backslash clevelandsportsfan. You can find full-length videos of everything that we record there. You can also find us on Facebook. Facebook.com backslash Cleveland Sports Fan. And on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at the Cleveland FA1. Twitter will be at Burley Gunner. And don't worry, you will never get a hold of Bob. I don't even know what Twitter is. Once again, thank you for listening. Be kind to each other, support your military and veterans, and have a fine fine Cleveland day. Wait.